Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast dropping your trick-or-treat bag every week. And you know what? It's starting to sound a lot like Christmas because all you hear are Christmas songs. I'm Rocky. I'm Blaze, and I'm tired of Christmas songs. Oh, we've heard a lot this weekend. Sure have. And this week we are talking about 1998's Jack Frost, the heartwarming story of a... 97. A heartwarming story of a father played by Michael Keaton. Oh, never mind. (laughs) uh, That dies in a car wreck and is reincarnated as a snowman. And uh, a fixed relationship with his son and family, and it's a heartwarming story. That's the one, right? No. Oh. This one's the 97 Jack Frost. Oh, I watched a completely wrong movie. Oh. All well, right. thanks for well, joining next us. next episode. <laughs> no, we are talking about Michael Cooney's 1997 film, Jack Frost, low-budget, direct-to-VHS horror film. Uh, cult classic. A lot of people like this movie. I sure do. Yeah, a lot of people do. Um, I like it better than Santa Slay. Well, yeah, that's actually kind of comparable, hard. which we'll get into later on. Uh, we will also have another curation of Blaze's video game, uh, Blaze's cabinet of video game curiosities, as well as mythology, biology, and all the regular stuff. But before all that, how you doing, buddy? Tired. We had a, a fun weekend. Yes, we did. We did. My, my voice isn't fully back yet. I'm sorry, guys. Please bear with me. Um, but yeah, we were at Spooky Empire, uh, the December pop-up. Yep. And... Um, it was good. We, we had our anniversary. Me and Blaze celebrate our anniversary in December. Every year. Every damn year. Uh, we do something, celebrate our friendship, uh, because we're fucking adorable. And uh, That's true. Yeah. Uh, so, we did Spooky, just like last year. Last year, we actually did Spooky as well. Yeah, I mean, if they keep doing the December pop-ups, that's just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we have fun, because we were able to do that, and then dick around International Drive. and Spend too much money on stupid shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, we didn't meet any of the celebrities. Not, not, not... Even though we had one from the movie we are talking about yeah, today. Yeah, you know, Scott McDonald, who, who's the star of... Uh, Jack Frost. But... Jack Frost was there. We, we did not talk to him. I was not willing to pay that much to talk to him. <laughs> no. Uh, I would have. We could have just... We could have actually just walked up and talked to him. We probably could have, but I feel like a jerk doing that when I'm I have no intention of giving them anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh we decided not to. But he was there. Yeah, we saw him. They connected in. He was there, Danielle Harris was there. Uh Rob Mello. Is that, uh, is that yeah, the guy name? from Happy Death Day. Yeah. Um and what Ragsdale? What is his first name? Uh Pal? Yeah. Kid from Fright Night. Yeah. Brewster. You were making fun of him. Yeah, we were. We didn't know it was him. <laughs> <laughs> we, it was a, we weren't targeting him generally. No. It's, we just, were. it's just that we were. Blaze was making up a funny song of things he saw as we were walking around the hotel, and he walked by us with a backpack on and just became part of the song. Backpack, back. <laughs> and, uh, and Alex Vincent was there, of course. Alex Vincent, who played Andy in uh, the Child's Play movies, um, was there. He's, he's a regular, though. He's, he's that spooky normally. But uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, you know, saw people we know from previous conventions and bought some stuff, support some local businesses, did some Christmas shopping. <clears throat> yeah. But, um, yeah, it was a good time. Good anniversary. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, so, we've had, we had, last week we talked about 
Texas Chainsaw. I brought up Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That oh, yeah. That we have a sequel coming out in February. We sure do. We and sure we have, do. we have other Texas Chainsaw uh, other news. Texas Chainsaw news as well. But uh, after we recorded the episode and released it, they actually finally released the official synopsis. Do you want to read it? Uh, yeah, I got it here. Um, so... Texas Chainsaw Massacre is getting a direct sequel to the original film. It, it retcons everything. And the synopsis is, After nearly 50 years of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorize a group of idealistic young friends who accidentally disrupt his carefully shielded world in a remote Texas town. Um, Melody, her teenage sister, Leela, and their friends Dante and Ruth head to the remote town of Harlow, Texas to start an idealistic new business venture, but their dream soon turns into a waking nightmare when they accidentally disrupt the home of Leatherface. Um, uh, the deranged serial killer whose blood-soaked legacy continues to haunt the area's residents, including Sally Hardesty, the sole survivor of his infamous 1973 massacre who's hell-bent on seeking revenge. Now, um, uh, uh, the actress that played Sally in the original film has passed away. Has passed away. So they recast her as L1 Ferry from Mandy. <clears throat> and um, uh, I guess we're going this trend now. I guess Halloween 2018 has started a trend of being like, we'll wreck on everything and just make all the killers you like old <laughs> <laughs> and bring back the original. Yay. And bring back the original uh, final girl. How does it make you feel? Not good. <laughs> I don't like it. I uh, mean, with Halloween... I'm going to watch it. With Halloween, I guess it makes more sense to me than... Texas Chainsaw? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Because why would Leatherface be in hiding for 50 years? Yeah, like, I mean, uh, hiding in his house where he's always been? Like, like he's not like Michael because... Uh, I don't know how to say this nicely... Um, he is, uh, he's mentally challenged. And incestuous. And incestuous, because of incest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, he's not really the plotting kind. He's kind of, like, the reacting kind, unless it has something to do with his family being yeah, like... Yeah, that's... I don't get it, man. 50, also, year, 50 also, years? it's like, what are you going to do to seek revenge on him? Like... Right, yeah. That's, that's a silly plot line. Yeah. But, I mean... We'll see. 50 years later. I mean, he was already like 30-something in the damn original one. Yeah. So what are they going to do next? A direct sequel to Friday 13th Part 1? Where Pamela Voorhees... Uh oh, never mind. Shut up. Because <laughs> she died. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they can't do the same thing with Jason or Freddy. Nope. Like, oh, Freddy, uh, <clears throat> he's been hiding in everybody's nightmares for 50 years, and now he's come back. He's in the subconscious realm. Yeah. Which I think I think some of the movies already kind of dealt with him being like, was that like the whole thing? Wait, that was Freddy versus Jason, right? Ah. Everybody on Elm Street like purposefully forgot about Freddy. That's why he had have Jason come out and start killing people so they will remember Freddy so he could come back. Maybe that's true. Yeah, so they kind of already did that. But the other news with Texas Chainsaw Massacre is that um, they also announced this week that we're getting a video game. Which that I'm kind of excited about. Um, developed by, do you know the studio? I can look it up really quick. Okay, yeah, look up the name, uh, if you will, please. Uh, it's the same studio that put out in 2017, I think, is when it got released, the uh, Friday the 13th video game. Um, 
which if you didn't play it, I didn't think was that bad. I didn't think Friday Thirteenth the game was that. It wasn't bad. my favorite, but I'm definitely gonna play this one. I think it was uh, popularized that um because it came out before Dead by Daylight, right? Or did it come out after? Uh, it came out the same time. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Um, if you play Dead by Daylight, it was the same game basically where you play Survivor or you play as Jason. Uh, it's random normally uh, when you play online, but um. Yeah, you, you have to you have to figure out a way to escape Jason. Either if it's calling the cops or uh, getting a car to work or a boat to work and escaping him before he kills everybody on the map. Um, and there's also a way to kill him, but it's like really really hard. So they're doing the same thing. It seems like what takes a chance on massacre. What I read though is that Leatherface will be playable, as well as other members of the Sawyer family. So I'm, I'm assuming Chop Top, McCoy, interactive. Gun Interactive. Gun Interactive. Okay. That's who's doing it. Um, so I'm assuming Chop Top. I'm assuming uh, their uncle. Uh, maybe Grandpa. <laughs> but they said they're also making new characters for it, which I don't know how I feel about that. I don't feel good about it at all. I don't think that makes any sense to do, but Unless whatever. you just borrow all the characters they created for Skin to Deep. Yeah. Fangoria. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> which is just a really, really bad version of Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. With... Uh, 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 Warwick Davis. Oh, Warwick Davis is in it. Yeah, he's a <laughs> he's a plate throwing ninja. Wow, this movie sounds great. Have you never watched Skin I've Deep? I've never seen it. Oh man, uh-uh. that is a Fangoria classic. Um, but the other information that came up with this Texas Chainsaw Massacre game is that uh, Ken Hodder is doing all the mocap for Leatherface. Yeah, because in the Friday Thirteenth game, uh, they got Ken Hodder. Can't hotter to do all the Jason Voorhees uh, mocap and all that, which makes sense because he played Jason Voorhees four or five times. Yeah, four times. Yeah, um, and and he's like the most famous name with that particular character, but he's never played Leatherface before. He has not. Like him playing Jason, he has like little gestures and ways of moving and stuff like that that are very much characterized by him. For sure. Yeah. So, but he's never played Leatherface, so there's no reason really to get him ex- unless they just had a good working relationship with him. And they probably did, and you know he's probably looking for you know things to do. Sure. I mean, you know, with Jason Voorhees and uh, Crowley, Victor Crowley from the Hatchet series and all that, he's 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 used to playing killers and stuff. So why not give Leatherface a go? I mean, I'm not fully against it. I just thought it was a little interesting. Um, but yeah, that game is is supposed to come out last uh, next year. Uh, yeah, early next year. And we're getting an Evil Dead game also that seems similar to Friday the 13th and this new Texas Chainsaw, right? Uh, Is it kind of a survival I'm, game? I think, I, I think so. Yeah, I haven't done too much research on it. I know it's supposed to come out probably within a few months also. Uh, I think that one's coming out later. I think that one's going to be like summer 2022. Oh, really? Yeah, I think okay. that's what I saw last time. Cool. But, uh... But yeah, so are you excited for this game? What were your feelings? Yeah, I mean, to play as Leatherface is just something I want to do. And, you know, they had him in Dead by Daylight, but to have a game based around it, like, we didn't... The one thing I wish Dead by Daylight had more, like, did they have a level for Leatherface? I don't think they did. No, I think he was just a playable character. Right, it would be cool if they had, like, a level for him. Yeah. 
He could play play as him on one of those Mortal Kombat games. Yeah. Ten. Ten XL. Ten XL. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just X with all the downloadable content, right? Yeah. yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm excited to see how it turns out. Um, I know Darcy. Or Diana Prince. I know that she asked if she could have a cameo in this one because in Friday Thirteenth, I don't know if you did. You ever see the Diana uh, Easter egg? No. There's a picture of Darcy in, in uh, one of the cabins. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. That. So she has the developer. She's gonna have another Easter egg in this one. Like another little picture of her somewhere that you can find. Well, how about that? Yeah. That's neat. Really fun. But um, we do have another little segment that we're introducing this week. So, let's get right into it. Cage Watch. Yeah, so whether it's on purpose or not, we've been talking about Nick Cage quite a bit recently. That's true. So we just decided to make a segment called Cage Watch. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> so if there's any news that we noticed that, that connects into genre with Nick Cage, we're going to be talking about it, it seems, because he's been doing a lot. He's seemed pretty busy. And a news story came out last week that we didn't bring up at all. And it's uh, Nick Cage is going to be playing Dracula. Yep. He's going to be playing Dracula in the uh, Renfield movie. Um, for people who don't, who don't know Renfield, he is, uh, in the Dracula storylines, is uh, Count Dracula's familiar. Uh, yeah, after he comes to sell him a house. In the- yeah, yeah, and he uses him as his way to get over to America, oh, not America, to, to England, and... Uh, He's kind of his like servant, and and uh, he Renfield goes mad and everything. Um, eats bugs. Yeah, he, he <laughs> yes yes he's he's went crazy. Um, so they're making a movie called Renfield. Uh, Universal's putting it out. It's a modern movie. It's be a modern tell. Okay, retelling. I didn't know that. Uh, it would be a horror comedy. Uh, directed by Chris McKay who directed uh, the Anchorman films and the big short, right? What, or right. is that Adam McKay? Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I may be getting my McKay. I think it's around. Adam McKay. I thought it was Chris McKay that did it. I'm looking. Hold on. We are not prepared. <laughs> it's been uh, a long weekend. Uh, yes. Uh, but it's going to have... Um, uh, no, he did. He did a Lego movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't think he did it. That was Adam. I'm sorry, McKay. Adam McKay did the Anchorman movies. I'm getting my McKay's mixed up. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, he did the Lego Batman movie and recently did Tomorrow War, which I think got pretty bad reviews. That was a Chris Pratt starring vehicle um, that was put right to Amazon. Um, people did not like it. <laughs> Uh, he also directed and edited three seasons of Robot Chicken. And Moral Oral. And Moral Oral, yes. Uh, but we Lego, were way off. <laughs> but he directed the Lego Batman movie. And Lego Batman movie is actually really, really good. Um, he's also going to be doing a Nightwing film and uh, allegedly a Johnny Quest film. So, Oh, Johnny Quest would be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, but he's going to be doing... Uh, he's going to be doing Renfield, which will be starring Nicholas Holt, I think. Uh, and Nick Cage will be playing Count Dracula in it. This is based off of a pitch. The movie is based off an original pitch from Robert Kirkman, who created The Walking Dead and right. an, an Invincible comic writer 
uh, Robert Kirkman, and he's also one of the uh, heads of Image Comics. Um, <clears throat> he pitched this movie originally, and uh, yeah, Nicholas Holt will be starring as Renfield in it, and Nick Cage will play Dracula, and they haven't really released any plot details, except it will be current day, and it'll be comedic in tone. So, on a scale of one to, how, how should we scale this? One to two? One, <laughs> <laughs> on a scale of one to uh, the Wicker Man B scene, how crazy is Nick Cage going to get in this movie? On, 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 on a scale of pig to <laughs> Wicker Man... Pig where he's I, like very like you know he's 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 very. I think it's gonna be kill. smack dab in the middle. Like, I, I think he's gonna go fucking crazy. I'm thinking six. So he was in the Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, he was. Crazy which was a that. vampire comedy film that he was in. This isn't his first foray. He's already got experience. Yes. Um. I, I'm interested. I'm interested in it. Uh, Universal is trying to redo these properties and everything. They did The Invisible Man uh, two years ago, and it was great. Invisible Man was one of the best movies of that year, in my opinion. Um, because they, they got smart. They, they stopped trying to do, uh, after The Mummy failed, <laughs> and before that Dracula Untold failed, they decided, hey, maybe we should make a big, dark, interconnected universe of universal monsters instead just make individual monster films that are actually scary and bring these properties into modern day. And I'm a fan of those ideas. So I'm here for it. I'm here for um, for for Renfield being a different take on this mythology. Yeah. I, I'm excited about it. I think it'll be a really kind of refreshing kind of movie to have. Because number one, there hasn't been a comedy movie in years that I've cared about. Like, in this will finally be one. <laughs> well, there's a lot of uh, comedies that come out that, that I care about. It's just, you know, horror comedy, like we talked, we're going to be talking about today also. Her main topic is just, it's very suggestive. Comedy in general is suggestive. Yeah. You know, but horror comedy really is like, you have to know what line you're walking. Because you get a Santa sleigh and nothing works, then you got a fucking problem. <laughs> but then you get you know? Jack Frost and everything's perfect. <laughs> I don't know about perfect, but... I like Jack Frost. I do too. Yeah. But uh, it, it'll be interesting seeing, you know, if it has the cleverness of Lego Batman, then I'm for it. Uh, if it's right people backing it. Robert, I, I think it's really interesting that's based on a pitch that Robert Kirkman did on how involved he's going to be in the whole project. But, uh, yeah, I'm for it. I'm for it too. But uh, I think that's a good segue to talking about our feature this week, 1997's Jack Frost. Hell has just frozen over. Blow me. Jack Frost. Look, Ma! I'm a Picasso! That's right, as you can tell by that awful trailer. <laughs> it literally is just, we tried, we were trying to make it so it would be 
more legible, but it is literally just a bunch of white noise in between like a couple sentences. <laughs> they, I mean, they space that narrator out so much in that trailer. Um, if you guys don't believe how bad that trailer is, go watch it. Uh, don't don't even watch it. Just put it on and turn your chair around or turn your phone around. Don't watch it visually. Just listen it. Listen to it just through audio. <laughs> like don't don't have any visual connection to it and just listen to it. And it's just a mess of sounds with some with some narration here and there. So we're sorry about that bad trailer cut. <laughs> we did our best. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, really, it's par for the course for this movie. It kind of fits. <laughs> kind of, so, yeah. Uh, 1997 was a release of uh, Jack Frost. It was a direct-to-VHS film, written directed by Michael Cooney. Uh, uh, mainly a writer, I see. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, he, he didn't direct too much. He wrote Identity, which is his main credit, I've seen. Yeah, he did that with uh, James Mangold, I think. Yeah, something like that. That and something called Six Souls. Hmm. It looks like he's written on a few things. Yeah. So, but not not a lot of directing credits. Was he's a theater guy? Uh, his his dad is a very prominent um, playwright in England. I see. And uh, he comes from that world. And uh, his his dad made a lot of very dry British comedies. His plays were very dry. Well, I mean that's most British humor is very dry. But, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so he, he kind of we'll, we'll come back to that because I think it affects this movie and, and kind of it's its sense of humor. But uh, you want to describe what the movie is? Sure, I can do that. Uh, brief synopsis. A serial killer that uh, was uh, captured, or well, not captured, but uh, arrested by a small town cop um, is on his way to death row where also they happen to be transporting experimental chemicals. And, and, and thankfully, his name is Jack Frost. And his name is Jack Frost. Which so really works. Very convenient. Yeah. Um, the vehicle uh, with the chemicals and Jack Frost in it get in an accident. Jack Frost gets out, kills the two guards, but then he's doused in these chemicals and his weird skeletal body falls to the floor as it morphs itself into the snow, thus becoming a serial killer snowman. <laughs> yeah. And now he is out for revenge going to the town where the cop had arrested him because I guess that's the big thing. Yes. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. That's, and that's the movie. Silliness ensues. It sure does. The movie's very silly. It is, but it's a. I think it's a fun silly. Like, yeah, I would rather watch to, Jack Frost any day of the week over Santa's sleigh. I mean, if you watch Santa's sleigh, you're gonna want. And then you watch Jack Frost, you're gonna be like, oh, this is like a masterpiece. Yeah, comparatively, <laughs> what a great horror comedy this is. Yeah, um, I think that uh, first off, the opening credits, I really like. Yeah, um, because it's all practical and it's 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 very it's very nicely put where all the credits are like light bulbs and ornaments, yeah, or, or uh, ornament bulbs and and all this, all the names are written on these like different Christmas decorations and it's just you know going from one ornament to the next one to the next one and everything and at the same time we're getting a narration from a uncle that is telling a little girl a the story of Jack Frost 
but it's a pretty fucked up like story. Yep. He's that little girl, and Michael Cooney does the voice of both the uncle and the little girl. And immediately, oh, you can I tell, didn't know that. Immediately, you can tell the little girl is like an adult <laughs> um, voice. But yes, the director writer Michael Cooney is doing both. Um, uh, uh, this was originally supposed to be a way bigger film. Really? Yes. Uh, originally, this was pitched to a studio. Studio picked it up, and it's supposed to be a thirty million dollar film. Directed by uh, Rennie Harlan. And Rennie Harlan at this time, he had done Die Hard 2. He did Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Um, years later, he would do Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> uh, Rennie Harlan was connected to uh, attach and direct. And then I think the studio was given like, hey, budgetarily we can only do, like we have five films, we're going to do like three. Or something like that. And, uh. and it got dropped. It got just mixed up in it. And uh, Or maybe I'm, I'm maybe mixing that up. Actually, I think the studio just dropped it because of like whatever – and then uh, Michael Cooney's like, well, let's just make the movie. Because he wrote the film, I think, as just a straight comedy. It was supposed to be horror at all, originally. Oh, okay. It's supposed to be a straight comedy film. And then uh, it just kind of metamorphosized, like our title character, <laughs> yeah. over time. It kind of turned into this comedy slasher. I respect that, though. When you have it, you're like, you know what? Even though we're not getting the budget, let's try it. We all worked hard on yeah. it, you know? I think they shot the movie for a million, which is way more than I thought it was. A million? Yeah. Wow. I, I, I think that's uh, that magazine right there, that interview with uh, Michael Cooney and the recent issue of Room Org. Oh, yeah. That's what he said. Um, but uh, even even with that, that's still pretty low budget, uh, generally. Yeah. Especially for the late 90s. Yeah. Um, so I remember going to the video store and always seeing this cover. The holographic one? Yes. Yep. Yep. And, uh, were you ever mad, like, once you actually finally watched the movie, that that skull snowman isn't in the film at all? At all! all. Yeah, yeah, no, I I was a little upset about that. I'm like, where does he turn into the scary skeleton skull? Yeah, because on the cover, it's a, a skull with sharp fangs and green eyes. Yeah. And it's really crazy. It looks like looking. it's made of ice. But that's the probably what cover, the original movie plot was supposed to be. Maybe. They like may maybe. just have a budget. Because holographically, it's that. And then when you move it, it's just like a big snowman face, which is what he looks like in the movie. He's just like a big, like, regular-ass snowman with some mean eyebrows. Well, regular-ass snowman if they're made out of foam. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, it is that this movie did come out a year before um, at the top of the show. I made that joke. Uh Remember that joke? It was hilarious. Everybody laughed. Like, everybody had to turn off the podcast because they, they had to laugh for, like, 30 minutes. What, uh, Which joke? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, a year later, Jack Frost, a big mainstream movie, Jack Frost, sorry, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. I'm going to say Michael Caine. Michael Keaton came out. It was a family film. And uh, from what I understand, a lot of Blockbuster employees <laughs> would switch these movies around. And sell it to adults. That's hilarious. That's a great <laughs> idea. Uh, and and a lot of kids were scarred by it. Uh, Michael Cooney talks about how uh, kids would come to uh, different cons he'd be at, you know, make appearances at, or message him on Twitter or whatever, and be like, "Hey, uh, this VHS employee uh, at one my local video store switched our VHS copies to Jack Frost." And we watched this instead. It's like, I'm so sorry that it scarred you. It's like, oh, no. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> it's <laughs> my like, favorite movie. Thank, yeah, thank me. Um, 
But yeah, I remember just going down the horror aisle as a kid and, and always seeing this. VHS always there. It was the always it. there. Yeah. God always. damn, I miss video stores. Yeah. Yeah. I miss best. it so bad. Now it's just all on your screen. Yeah, it's annoying. You I don't like that. I, I like uh, seeing the things. I'm like, wow. You know, I've never seen that before. Yeah, I want the disappointment of going there and be like, oh, man, I'm going to rent this. Oh, no, all the copies are out. There's no tape behind the box. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you're like, well, fuck, i got to find something else. And then you else. might find a gym or something just garbage. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, this is very much a 97, like, direct-to-video movie. And I feel like – I don't think this has had a resurgence of popularity. I think this movie has always been, like, a cult. It's like a steady – Cult, like, horror, Christmas yeah. horror film that people have always kind of appreciated. Um, I know that Vinegar Syndrome put out a Blu-ray of it. A while ago. A, lo- a long time ago, yeah. And now it's getting another re-release from another company who's putting out Jack Frost and Jack Frost 2. Um, I forgot what company it is, but they're re-releasing them on Blu-ray as well. Uh, but yeah, Jack Frost is a serial killer who is a cannibal also. Is it hinted that he's a cannibal? Yeah, I think they hint at it. Um, like he ate a person or something. Yeah, and he's gen- general bad bloke. That has a shitload of one-liners. A uh, fuck ton, and I lot love of, them. A lot of one-liners in this one. Unlike unlike the one-liners in Santa Slay, some of these are pretty good. It's a lot. Um, it's some, a lot. some of them scare the dickens out of me. <sighs> well, okay, well, let's, let's talk about that first, all right? <clears throat> this, structurally, is, is basically the same thing as Santa Slay, right? It's a comedy horror film with a... That's set at Christmas is a Christmas comedy horror film slasher. Yeah. Um, one stars Santa Claus as a serial killer. This one stars uh, a snowman as a serial killer. Right. Both of them are pun filled. Both of them have pun, 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 pun. Every joke, as far as the killers go, as they kill, just steady one-liners. Yep. But I'm in the feeling that. The one-liners in Jack Frost work way better than Santa Slay. They absolutely do. Why do you think that is? Uh, because there's actually people who are scared of him. <laughs> right. Okay. But I mean, I mean, the jokes though are actually like. I think oh, the, they're well I think written. The one-liners are. Like, I think they're they're clever. They're more clever than they're, Santa Slay. They're a lot more clever, because Santa Slay is just kind of like low-hanging fruit. Right. And these are kind of like, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, it's um. I, I think it helps with him being a uh, being raised around British comedy, the dry sense of British comedy. This isn't a British film, by the way. No, no, no. He's but, British, but this is not a British. And I mean that totally movie. makes sense because a lot of their humor is punny-ish. Yeah, you know? I mean, I mean, even even like Santa Slay has a lot of character actors, and this movie Jack Frost has a lot of like TV like character Video actors. Game. Yeah. yeah, like a shitload. Like, these are people that have, like, long filmographies of, of TV work as secondary characters and stuff. Like, they're... Uh, it, it's very similar to Santa Slay, which it, it sh- we, we should be reviewing it on its own instead of comparing it to a movie it has nothing to do with. But I just think it's an interesting argument because we reviewed something so similar to it last week. In one... But the success rate of it, like, personally, is vastly different <laughs> yeah for sure yeah everything... santa slay is just like this is hard to watch and boring to get through the movie has too much of a budget and too much like going for it for it to be that bad this movie should be way worse than it is because it has no budget it has no backing and this and it's but it's good 
but yeah, it, there's, there's something about this this kind of independent quality. And, and and Michael Cooney talks a lot about how he took a lot of pages of the Sam Raimi book, which I think we've talked about before. That Sam Raimi made the template for for independent horror movie, like sh- do it your DIY. Oh yeah, like yeah. I have used the camera in ways that I can sell this movie to you. We're so energetic, but we're doing a lot of tricks, and you're still feeling this energy without seeing just like the bare bones. Like I'm trying to sh- not show you the skeleton of everything because we have no meat to work with. And I, I think there's always that charm that you know Sam Raimi revolutionized a lot of a lot of independent filmmaking as far as uh, uh, working accordingly to your budget and making it work. Oh yeah, DIY, I mean, DIY fashion really a revolutionary in that yeah. field. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I think it's interesting that the our, our main character is Sam Giles, right, played by uh, Chris, Chris Alport. Yes. Who is in one of your favorite horror movies? Wait, what? What I miss him in? He's in Dead and Buried. Oh yeah, he is, isn't he? He's at the very beginning. He's that's the, uh, right, the, the photographer. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that is him. Holy shit! But uh, Chris, I've, he was also in uh, Mad Men. Yeah, NCIS. Mm-hmm. So he's a lot of TV work. He's a longtime character actor. Um, but he plays Sam. Uh, what, what do you think of Sam, our, our, our cop, our sheriff, the local town sheriff main character? Protagonist, yes. Protagonist. He is a million hurdles better than fucking Nicholas Yule. Yule. Yuletide? Y- no. Yule. It's in here. Yulson. Yulson. That guy is so annoying. And Sam's just kind of like the lovable local like cop guy you like sam you like him yeah you you don't have anything against him and you know he's he has concerns that make sense yeah uh he's not worried about necronamicans <laughs> yes unlike nicholas but yes. um you know he, he he's the cop that ends up catching the serial killer before all that shit happens that gets him sent to death row and you know he he's like kind of scarred from some of the murders and stuff he's seen that this guy has done, and because he's getting threatened, right? And then he while finds while he's out in prison, and then he finds out about them, uh, uh, him getting out, and now you know you you ha- he has a reason for concern, yes, and acts accordingly to and it. act yeah and acts accordingly. But it's perfect to casting, it. like he feels like a small town. Yeah, everybody like in there sheriff. knows who they are. Yeah, like, yeah, it's very like Andy Griffith kind of. Uh, yeah, feels, uh, and he knows how to play the part. It feels very, very natural to him. And you know, all these, all these secondary characters, everything actually feel. Well, I mean, for the most part, uh, feel pretty natural. But I like him, and I care for his family. Like I don't want anything to happen to his wife or his kid. Right. You know, or anything like that. I mean, there's other characters that feel like they're kind of shoehorned in, which we'll get to. But that I'm just like, I don't give a fuck about this but yeah so you, you mentioned that that this movie takes its situation seriously right like people are scared of him yeah they're not like it's not like santa sleigh where it's like huh, huh, isn't that funny we're being chased by him in that wild yeah, nothing's, huh. nothing's being like there's no sense of danger because nothing is being sold to you yeah exactly i mean and it kind of but you you think i don't know you think well 
Never mind. That was going to be a bad point. Because I was like, you think Goldberg, being that wrestling, like, one of the most important parts of it is selling it. Yeah, right. To make people believe you're actually getting hurt or in danger. Yeah. Which you are, I mean, in yeah, wrestling. But, um, but to make it seem, like, much worse than it is. But then I was going to think, like, oh, wait, he's got a really bad habit of not selling for yeah, people. Right, yeah. So I'm like, oh, maybe maybe he was like, nah, they look weak. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that, that in every situation there's a lot of um, – there's a couple moments that are actually pretty, like, tense for, for, for what it is. There's one oh, part, yeah. There's like, one part where they're all in the uh, sheriff's station, a group of, our, uh, a group of characters, and Jack is trying to break into – the police station <clears throat> and they're trying to find a way out so they decide to leak they, they, they decide to turn on the gas main right so they can blow up the police station right to fill up the fill up the station with gas right so that whenever he comes in there they'll ignite it but because they do it they think of I mean in their defense they think of like when that happens Jack shows up they can't shoot at him because that will ignite the gas so guns, you can't use a gun. You have to just, like, try to get out there as fast as you can. But when they try to go out the back window, oh, no, the window's locked. Oh, fuck, I forgot the keys in the door in the front. Now yeah, that's a tense moment. Front, like, oh, shit. Yeah. Well, Jack is slowly leaking into, in through the door frame Because budgetarily, so as we mentioned before, Jack Frost in, in his snowman form just looks like a big snowman. Right. Uh, and because they made this big snowman, they couldn't fit him through doors. So they had to figure out, like, how to ride around. That he turns in the water. Yeah. And so he, he has, goes so under he can, the... He can turn to water, but he has to, like, turn to water, and he, all of it has to flood to the other side of the door frame before he can recreate itself. So you have a time frame of him doing that. So in that time frame, they have to hurry, get the keys, get back to the window, get out of it. It was right? a clever way of pulling that off. Right. And, it's, and there's tension in, in that scene. There's another scene whenever um, two kids break into a house and uh, to do the dirty to do the do the dirty, um, which uh, we'll go on this. Scene. Okay, we'll talk about this scene more. Uh, I'll come back to this scene, but there's there's a nice little bit of ten- tension in, the, in that scene also at near near the beginning of it. Um, yeah, so so Jack Frost is going around. He's he's killing people, but. Nobody believes anybody because it's like, it's a fucking snowman. But who's, who's going to believe you? You know, it just looks like a big snowman. It just appears and everything and whatever. Uh, one, of the f- one of the first kills he does is uh, he kills a kid uh, by decapitating him with a sled. Yep. Um, which is awkwardly shot. You can't really tell how he does that. But the kid he- gets decapitated. He's a bully. He gets decapitated. Who's picking on Sam's son. And the snowman is out there, and and uh, I think I think the bullies want Sam's son to move the snowman out of the way so they can sled in Sam's driveway. Yeah, which didn't make a lot of sense, but uh, and then little do they know the Sam, the snowman is still alive or is alive, and the main bully gets decapitated, and his parents could not give a shit. <laughs> Less. Yeah, they really weren't that worried about well, it. Well, the dad is very angry about it, but the mom isn't reacting to it in any way, shape, or form. Or his sister, who's played by Shannon Elizabeth. This is what launched her career. Um, who 
for people that don't know who Shannon Elizabeth is, she was kind of a sex symbol in the 90s and 2000s. Uh, she was in American Pie and Jan Silent Bob, Strike Back, and uh, Scary Movie, and a whole bunch of other stuff. You, you'll know if you saw her. She, she was big, big, big in the early 90s, or in the late 90s and early 2000s. And now I think she does a bunch of like charity work, and I think she does like professional poker and stuff. Oh, professional poker? Yeah, she's she does like those celebrity like poker tournaments and stuff. Oh, I think. okay. I think, I think she does that quite a bit. Well, um, good for her. But uh, this is how she got her start, and uh, what did she? And she doesn't get her character doesn't give a shit either that her little brother died. Like nobody cares that this kid died. <laughs> he was a real jerk. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was kind of a piece of shit. Like I understand why, why nobody would really care. But um. Yeah, so he gets decapitated. Parents don't care. Both parents get killed. And we're introduced to their, 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 Jan Elizabeth's character, their daughter, and another local boy who's her lover. Is he? In that he, scene. He's acting like he doesn't want anything to do with her, which makes no fucking sense. Because she's clearly pretty into him. B, she's Jan Elizabeth, so she's gorgeous. <laughs> like. And she's, like, fawning over him and everything like that. And he's like, oh, no, like, leave me alone. Like, well, whatever. <laughs> like, you know. Until they break into the house. Until they break in the house. And she's like, oh, no, fuck you. And he's like, oh. And then he's all about it. <laughs> Whoopsie-daisy. I totally was missing those signals. So here's this. Here's the sequence that we mentioned earlier, right? Her, her, her brother died. Her parents are, like... She says are are mourning his loss, so they aren't there. They're both dead at this point, she, but she doesn't know it because she's out of the house trying to fuck this guy. <laughs> and so what's her idea? Uh, we're going to break into Sam's house. The cop. <laughs> the sheriff's house. Why? To fuck. Because we have that set. <laughs> we don't make another house set. Nope. So we're just going to go into to this house. They break into the sheriff's house. To bone. To bone. Um, safe bet. Safe bet. Um, and and so this is the scene that I, I don't like. And this is the most famous scene in the movie. This is a scene that people know or they bring up all the time. And I'm actually not a fan of this scene. A, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it really doesn't. B, there's something that we'll talk about that's, kind, in my opinion, very tasteless. Which is, I mean, normal in in, in uh, horror movies, in horror movies. So for some reason, it feels kind of out of place to me. In this, I don't know. It does feel really out of place. Um, but she's like, oh, uh, she's like teasing him and everything like that, you know. And she's like, hey, if you want to like bone or whatever, uh, you gotta do something for me first. Get the fire started. Get everything ready. I'm gonna go upstairs and take a, sh- uh, a shower. Or- I'm going to get ready. Whatever. Which, again, it's like you broke into somebody's in the house, house and you want to start a fire? Yeah. Like, so it doesn't make any sense. Give away your position much? <laughs> so the first part of it actually works pretty well because while she's upstairs, uh, is his name Chris? Is that kid's name? I think it's Chris. Something. Um, I didn't write it down. He's getting everything ready, uh, but he's hearing, like, he hears a uh, – does he hear a cop car come up or does he hear a car come up? Is Jack Frost was- still a cop car already? Yeah, I think he did. Um, I think this is when the cop car comes in. He's like, oh, God. Yeah, so he thinks it's Sam. Yeah. Because you broke into his fucking house, you idiot. Um, and then there's this whole, like, scene of tension of, of, of like, it's pretty good because you know that's Jack Frost, of course. And, um, like, he opens the freezer door. I think, you know, like, a carrot is in the freezer. And, uh, yeah. And, like, yeah. Which doesn't make any sense because whenever Jack actually shows up, he's on the other side of the door. 
Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's a good point. It was a pretty good thing of, like, they're actually building, like, a tension. Like, the scene is actually building, like, tension of being, like, you're waiting for it. It's actually, like, a classic, like, slasher kind of uh, setup and everything. And right. they actually, like, play it through. Like, it actually feels like your char- that character's in danger and everything. It works. But he gets killed. And then Jack Frost... Uh, shows up in the bathtub that Shannon Elizabeth is taking a bath in. Like, she's laying in the water, and the water gets really cold, and then uh, she gets raped by Jack Frost. Uh, he takes his his uh, carrot nose off and rapes her with his carrot dick. And uh, It's really pointless. It's pointless. It's the most famous scene in the movie. And a lot of people are like, oh, is that hilarious? Like, whatever. And it always just, like, it always bugged me. That scene always bugged me. Like, I think a rape scene is usually... Like, a rape scene, you're just going to bug anybody anyways, normally, if you're a normal person. Yeah, it's never fun to watch you, a yeah. rape scene. But but with that one, it's always like, but look how, it, it, listen, I'll give it to it. It's creative. I, I get it. I guess. But but at the same time, it's like, it feels out of place. It feels weird. Like, I, I, I don't like it. She gets killed by getting raped by Carrot in her, you know, of course. Of course, that's what she dies from, internal bleeding and whatever. Right. And he has a one-liner. I, I can't remember what the one-liner is, but. I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that scene. I know a lot of people are. I'm not. I feel like it. The, I feel like the whole sequence is out of place because it doesn't make any sense why they're in the house anyways, and that the rape scene happens and all that. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth's uh, agent at the time sold her on that scene. It says if you do this scene, you're going to become a star, which no actress has ever been sold. Hey, be in this B movie. There's going to be a rape scene, and you're going to be a big star after it. For that to happen, and it did launch her career. That scene did launch her career, actually. Um, that's crazy that <laughs> that actually worked. It is, yeah, really <laughs> weird. And around, I, I'm curious about how she feels about that scene. Yes. Um, what I didn't mention earlier, this movie was made in 18 days. Um, it's shot in 18 days, which is a quick shoot. That's less than a month. That's a very, very quick shoot. Yeah. Um. It, it was shot in, like, 93, 94, but they get released till 97. Right. Uh, because of different, like, funding things. And, you know, they defined a uh, distributor and all that. Um, is there any scenes in this that you, you really, really just like? This is my favorite scene in the film. Uh, you know, honestly, probably the scene where I quote it all the time. Wherever he showed... Um, shows up in well i don't know the the hallway scene where they are trying to escape is really like an actually good tense scene yeah right but for some reason every time he's like you know he get he finds chris or whatever his name is like in the broken in house and he's like oh my god what are you and he answers with the world's most pissed off snow cone yeah <laughs> i like i don't know why that that always rings a bell with me yeah, it's uh, uh that, that was pretty good. Um, I I like that scene. I, I actually I like I like Jack Frost's one-liners. I, th- I think I think all of it kind of works. I, I think I think you know the movie is very very aware of what it is, and I think it plays into it very well. Um, I think it's ironic though that, that Chris Elport did die. Oh, he died. Oh, I didn't. Uh, Two thousand and six, I think. He died in 2000. He died in an avalanche. You're fucking kidding. <laughs> Are you serious? He was on a skiing vacation and he died in a... In a How old is the show Mad Men? Mad Men's from like 2005. 
Oh dang! So he didn't have a lot of time to be in that show. No, I, I think he's probably just like a guest actor. He was he was one of the main cast members. Oh okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was he was killed by snow. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's um, interesting. Uh, yeah, this is one I, I really don't want to do. What like Santa Slay, where where we're gonna like spoil too much of it or like whatever uh, about it because I think that this movie is actually worth a watch. I'll be honest. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty readily available. Um, especially, like, I, I don't like really breaking a movie down beat for beat too much. Especially, like, slashers. Like, and then he killed this person. And then he killed yeah, that no, person. Like, or, like and, whatever. And plus, like, it's a fun movie to watch. Like, yeah. I mean, are you, you, you... The chances... If you're looking for something that's like, oh, man, I'm really scared, you know, it's like... that. You're not going to get that, but... Right. You will have an enjoyable time with this movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, there's a lot of cheapness going on, you can tell. Like, you know, there's a lot of jokes and, and a lot of quirky characters in it and stuff, but they feel like this, like, weird, you know, <clears throat> salt-of-the-earth kind of small-town people. Wait, doesn't the uh, the town have some funny fucking name also, doesn't it? It's like Snowminton. Ah, it's something like something that. Like... I can't remember. <laughs> the movie's aware of what it is. and uh, Yeah, and it, but it's, you know, like... I think Santa Slay was aware of what it was supposed to be, but they were just terrible. But this is like they're tastefully doing it, minus that one scene. <laughs> yes, for most part. Yeah, everything else works. It's you know, a, I, I like the kills. I think you know we get we get uh there's one really good kill in it whenever a woman basically gets turned into a Christmas tree. Yeah, um, and that's great. Uh, and it's it's funny. It's funny seeing like seeing Santa kill people isn't funny because it's like it's easy seeing a big traditional snowman <laughs> kill people is silly it's pretty funny it's pretty fun um you said the snow looks fake like his uh his outfit his outfit yeah i mean it's obviously like some kind of it doesn't look great yeah all the snow is like really hard also yep when they have like snowballs or like you know playing with snow it, it doesn't look like snow at all and there's a reason is that they were shooting uh two hours north of L.A., I think. They're, they're shooting Northern California where actually snows. They're like, this time of year, it snows like a motherfucker, especially during this specific time. Uh, it was a record-breaking no-snow year. <laughs> we went there. <laughs> so they actually had to drive uh, out of town to go pick up snow and bring it back to the set. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Um Every day for the 18 days of shooting. <laughs> um, other than that, they had to find other tricks to make it look like snow. They used paper mache. They used uh, different little things or whatever they could do and make it look like snow. That's why the snow looks very, very sparse in a lot of scenes because they did have snow. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like uh, in, in John Carpenter's Halloween. You know, I mean, clearly Halloween was shot in California, but they had to make it look like the Midwest. So that's why sometimes you see palm trees in the background or whatever, but they, there's no fall leaves right. in, uh, in L.A. So they had, like, two bags of leaves that they would, like, throw on the ground and everything for the shot, and then the whole cast and crew had to go and gather all the leaves and throw them back in the trash bag <laughs> so they could reuse them. That uh, is a fun little tidbit yeah. there. I did not know about that. Yeah, so they had to kind of do the same thing with Jack Frost. Um but yeah, I mean, I think the movie is, uh, it's cheap, it's silly, it's, uh, readily available. I think I think you could find on 
Amazon Prime for free if you have the membership. It's on Shutter. Is it on Prime? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. I think it's probably on Tubi. It's probably. I don't uh, think can... it's on Tubi. No. Check. Let's let's give the audience some streaming tips. Let's see. Uh, you can buy the VHS. How much is the VHS? <laughs> I've been looking for a VHS, but they're always really expensive. Does it have the holographic cover on it? Yes. Uh, then, then it's worth every penny. By the way, if anyone who listens to this has VHS tapes they don't want... Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, just oh, yeah. Yeah. send them on over. Uh, okay, so Jack Frost is available on Pluto TV, Peacock, Tubi, Voodoo, Crackle, Sling TV, Fubo TV, Amazon Prime. There is no reason not to watch it. <laughs> Philo, uh, Shudder. Um, it's, it's free to watch on most of these services. On Peacock and Tubi and Voodoo and Crackle and Pluto TV, it's free to watch on all those. You can watch this movie. It's only like an hour, like hour twenty minutes, something like that. It ain't like that long. Like it's a, just a fun one to put on. Um, it's hour and twenty nine minutes. Uh, I think that that it has definitely a low budget charm to it that that works within its. You know, it definitely feels like hey, I'm, let's just make this movie because like we I, we already have the script and we were already supposed to and we got defunded so. Let's, Let's do this. It, yeah, or try to give it to something smaller, and I think it works for it. I think it has this charm. It looks cheap. and Honestly, I think if this had a bigger budget, it wouldn't be as good. No, no, and I, I think I think that's definitely what makes it unique. Everything. And Scott McDonald, who plays Jack Frost, is as good. He does a lot of voice work in video games and cartoons as well, um, a lot of TV work. Uh, you like Scott McDonald as – and he was at the convention this week. That's why I want to bring him up. Uh, Scott McDonald as Jack Frost as our titular character. Oh yeah, I, I think he, he does the part fine. Yeah, like I mean, there's a I. It's not like he's like a super diverse character. No, you know, it's just no. like, hey, you're a crazy killer guy, and now you're a snowman, and it's like, all right. <laughs> well, also, not only does he play Jack Frost before he gets changed into a snowman at the beginning of the movie and provides the voice of Jack Frost, but he also was in the costume as well. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, I thought there was a separate person, which in is the normally. Uh, they normally get a stunt person to do something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's a body thought. double. Um, but no, he he did all the inside of the snowman thing, which isn't too bad because, I mean, it looks like that thing can barely move. Yeah, it, I think, you know, just kind of wave your arms as much as you can. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it's just such a big, silly costume. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jack Frost is fun. I say uh, to check it out. It's worth having on the on the Blu-ray on the Blu-ray shelf if you don't own it. Yeah, for sure. Or at least give it a watch. I mean, it's it's a fun one. If you've never seen it, I, I don't know what else to say I about it. I pity you. Yeah. <laughs> you, need to, you need to watch Jack. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's worth it. All right. So uh, anything else to add about it? No. All right, Go well. watch it. There's plenty of places that Rocky named off. Yeah, it's free. Check it out. <laughs> Anyways... Uh, that brings us to our next segment, another curation of Blaze's Cabin of Video Game Curiosities. So what video game are we talking about today? Well, today we got one that has been published and developed by Moonbit Games. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the large sum of 99 cents. That's too much. But... Uh, 
it is a game, uh, kind of old school style, like hybrid point and click game. Um, you play a police officer who's been called out to this house in the middle of a neighborhood for a missing family. And when you go inside, it also meant to say during Christmas time. So you, uh, uh, look around the house and notice that nobody's inside and you start hearing strange noises. Doors are opening by themselves. Um, you find a couple of notes and hints of so like the the relationship wasn't going well, where'd everything go? But then stuff starts getting a lot weirder. Like uh, eventually you go out to the back and I'm I'm gonna give you a spoiler. Okay. It's a ghost killer snowman. <laughs> Which is why I thought this game would be very appropriate. Because you're playing a cop, and it's you, a snowman. You play a cop, and it's a killer snowman that um, you end up having to uh, go around the house and find ways to keep the heat on so the 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 spirit snowman can't get in and attack you. Mm. But... Um, uh, you do have an unlimited amount of bullets, and they do seem to affect him, unlike Jack Frost. Sure. But yeah. um, I think it's a really good-looking game. Uh, you know, it's a very small, team-developed game. Um, they've done a couple... Uh, the other one they're really known for is Mr. Hops. Okay. Uh, which is another horror game, but that one's kind of more like a side-scroller kind of thing. So this was a... a different kind of gameplay style for them to try and it, I think it's about two years old now but uh, it is actually a really interesting like fun playthrough because you know you have to like figure out different puzzles to like unlock people's phones to get information of what happened and you have to search through the house to see you know follow lines to get the heat on and everything like that make fires you know um, and they're actually the the I think the fun part is is that they give you the option to just be like now nah, I'm going back to my car and it's like you leave <laughs> it's like the end <laughs> and it's like wow that game sucked <laughs> no but it, it was fun uh, I had a fun time playing through it and uh, I always like those games that are kind of like you know it it's basic yeah but it's got a good uh, an interesting mechanic and an interesting story to it. Right. So, but yeah, I, I definitely recommend checking it out and cool. uh, Mr. Hops as well because that's a very interesting and fun game. Um, again, published and developed by Moonbit Games. All right. So uh, I will, uh, they actually have an Instagram, so we will tag them in nice. that so you can f- go look at some of their stuff on there. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah. Nice. But, yeah, that's what I got for that game. Yeah, that actually works very well with Yeah, <laughs> I know. Frost. That's why I was like, oh, I really want to do this one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that leads us to our next segment, Mythology Biology. All right. Well, that means it's... Story time, story time, story, story time. time. And know that this is a topic that um, has a lot of information and that we didn't have a lot of time to research it. Uh, no, we did not because so. we didn't decide what we were doing until yesterday night. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> we're happy with it because it was one that neither of us had heard of. Hmm. And it's pretty interesting. Uh, otherwise, uh, otherwise, we would have nothing for you. But here we are. <laughs> so today, we are talking about also known as the Christmas Boogeyman, which I believe Guilla was also known as that. This is taking place in the French region. Which is also fun that you bring, bring up Guilla, because uh, we went to oh, yeah. Esoterica, which is a Nicole store in Orlando, um, and they had a Guilla uh, Christmas, Christmas ornament. ornament. Yeah, yeah, that's I, fun. That was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, oh, right. He is also known as the Christmas Scarecrow. The legend of the Christmas Scarecrow is well known in the French regions of Alsace and Lorraine. Alsace? Alsace. Alsace. Um, is Hans Trapp. According to the story, lived in 1400s, a rich, a powerful man, and merciless who was feared by the people. His thirst for power was so great, he turned to deals with the devil to enhance his powers and status. Hearing of this, the Pope himself excommunicated Trapp, after which he was banished from the Alps and his wealth and lands were confiscated. So here's where the story of the Christmas boogeyman comes in. So he was reduced to constructing a makeshift home in the mountains of, a ba- uh, oh, in the mountains of Bavaria in Germany, mm. which is weird that this is a French story. But. Yeah. Um, but he continued to brood and his evil desires festered. He developed uh, a taste for human flesh. Finally, he became the Christmas Scarecrow, and he would adorn himself in straw and disguised as a scarecrow. He would uh, track people on lonely roads trying to kidnap their children. Hmm. So a boy aged around 10 happened across his path one day, and he was stabbed to death by, by wow. trap with a sharp stick. Um... And apparently he brought it back, cooked it in his oven, and sliced it into <laughs> sliced it into pieces for sandwiches. Oh, there you go. So yeah. one makes stew, one makes sandwiches. Yeah. All these Christmas boogeymen want is some food. All they want to do is meal prep. They just want a meal prep. So um, eventually... Now, this is actually based off an actual person. Okay. So um, that... Uh, I don't have... Oh, yeah, here it is. Here's his real name. He was a knight, actually. His name okay. was Hans von Trotha, and uh, he lived from 1450 to 1503. He commanded two castles in the Palatine, which was French-German territory, uh, and he became embroiled in an argument with the church over the property of one of them. The abbot would not concede the certain properties to von Trotha, so the embittered knight stopped the supply of water to the nearby town. Um, in retaliation, the abbot had the dam destroyed that he built to stop the water, and uh, it flooded the villagers' homes and businesses, and then the dispute continued un- uh, with Hans until he was summoned by the Pope and excommunicated. Um, while there is no record of Von Trotha in real life turning to cannibalism and hunting children <laughs> while dressed as a scarecrow... <laughs> Which is a really strange way to embellish somebody's story. I know, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, he didn't agree with the church on this property dispute. Uh, so it's like, oh, he turned into a cannibalistic <laughs> scarecrow, you say? 
Yeah. It's like, no, I said he didn't agree with the church on a land dispute. Cannibalistic scarecrow. Yeah, that's pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, what we do know of his life, though, is extraordinary. The emperor's intervention wasn't enough to stop his battle with the abbot, uh, which, uh, on his summoning to the successor, the next pope refused to attend. So instead, he sent a letter to the Pope, which expounded on uh, Van Trotha's faith while accusing the Pope of impure acts. What? Yeah. How can you believe that? (laughs) How how is this possible? But apparently, uh, serving the French royal court, he was given the Chevalier d'Eau King on his deathbed, and the charges against him were dropped and forgiven. Loke, wait, that's really strange how all of a sudden he just, like, I'm reading the story, and I'm just like, where the fuck did you get cannibalistic <laughs> scarecrow from? <laughs> like, they have, like, a whole legend about him accompanying Santa. Yeah. Just like Krampus or anything like that, which is also weird because Krampus is German, is he not? Yeah. So this is also German. So do they both come with Santa? Like there's two people? Like there's not enough people? Like, like, like Santa's there with a, a, a sled full of whoop ass. <laughs> exactly. He's, just got, he's like, these will beat you and eat you. If you're lucky, I brought you like a doll. Like, here's, here's a wooden choo-choo train. Yeah. Enjoy, Franz. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you where that coal's going. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but yeah, so apparently, I guess that was a, a good way of like showing the influence of the church defaming people yeah. throughout history. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, he was a cannibal. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> he was a scarecrow. Yeah, he was a he was, like. Uh, he was the inspiration for Batman. <laughs> uh, no, but um, he, he, he lived on the mountains. Also, he just—it was during Christmas time, because like you find out, he, that was actually his least favorite holiday. Well, yeah, I love <laughs> so it. Apparently, like, so, I don't like any of this because I was just going through that article. I'm like, okay, and here's where it's gonna link to this, and it's like, no, there's no link. They just defamed him. <laughs> They're just like, oh, you don't want to go visit your land? Well, I guess you're a cannibal scarecrow. Fuck you. We know the church is pretty good with coming up with, you know, big old mythological stories. So Yeah, they're really actually quite astute in it. Yeah, they're but, pretty uh, good at it. Yeah, so that is Hans Trapp, the cannibalistic <laughs> scarecrow. But, so, <laughs> the real person... <laughs> Had a, it was a knight who disputed with the church. Yeah. But he decided to make deals with the devil and become a cannibalistic scarecrow. But it is said, and this part <laughs> I have... like question, they're like, it oh, is, mostly what happened. It is said that after he died, uh, he did come back every Christmas to search for naughty children to eat. Yeah. And he would just show up... Ran- randomly on different scarecrows poles and you know maybe maybe in america we should have had more folk tales uh growing up of like oh there were a ton but we decided like to we, we should genocide that we should we should promote more folk tales like during like christmas about being like uh if you're a bad child 
you're going to get killed or well, beat Well, the problem the shit is now of. we need stories about bad adults during Christmas. I know, right? Yeah. With Black Friday and killing yeah, people. And, right. Yeah, it, it, it maybe we would act right if we had more. Because <laughs> you look at, like, Germany and stuff like that, and it's like, oh, man, they were just getting, like, spoon-fed. <laughs> All this <laughs> shit about just, like, listen, act, like, semi-decently or, like... <laughs> I think the problem is is that real life has become a little scarier. <laughs> it's oh, like little? once a year this guy might try and get you if you aren't nice. And then it's like, hey, you're a grade A student, school shooter. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you did nothing wrong. No. But this kid's going to go off and just yeah. shoot everybody. It's, it's his like, rights. It's yeah. His if, rights. <laughs> Jesus. It's, it's in his rights, right? <laughs> but yeah, so it's like now life is scarier than that. Yeah. So. Everything's scarier. Yeah. It's so like, it is like the whole idea of like it's like oh wow I gotta be nice all year or somebody's gonna come and slap me on the bottom in Christmas oh right. no yeah <laughs> it's like yeah it's almost like the satire argument where it's like how can you set like if comedy is supposed to be like based off a of satire and then like for like the last like four years or whatever yeah where it's just like I I how much does it make a joke of any of this like every day it's like. It, 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 it's already like how can you satire satire whenever every day life is already so over the top <laughs> yeah it really is like how can you like, make how can you make a movie that's effective horror whenever like every day is so horrific <laughs> yeah pretty Just much a modern day it's fucking crazy but uh if the church asks for your land give it to them or you're gonna be an evil scarecrow <laughs> yeah that each moral of the story Moral of the story, you'll eat kids, you'll be an evil scarecrow. And make little Timmy sandwiches. All right, well, that is the episode. That is a new entry into the uh, Christmas tale that is Bladed Apples. We got two more Christmas that ones work? coming okay. up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we got a couple more Christmas episodes or holiday episodes. We, we haven't decided yet. But thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening if, you, if you've stuck with us still and... Or if you're new to the podcast, listening for the first time, well, thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We, we want to try to give you content that's not too much of a hassle to get through. Um, and, and, and we appreciate any viewership we have. If you do have a request or a comment or a concern or just want to say hello, you can reach us at bladedapplespod at gmail.com or on the Instagram. Uh, that's what we use the most is uh, Bladed Apples Podcast. And we also have a Facebook page, which we never do because it's Facebook. Um, <laughs> it feels like nobody really uses it that much anymore. Uh, probably the way it should go. But don't yeah. worry, Meta's coming. Have you, have you heard any of this Meta shit? What Meta actually is? I've heard about it. It's terrifying. What is it? So, you know how, like, Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff, like, when you log in, now there's, like, the little thing that says, like, Meta? I, no. No? I don't know that. If you, if you open up your Instagram I do, I don't right use... now, on the bottom, it has, like, like the loading page it has like the instagram logo under it they'll say meta so zuckerberg has decided to make like he's building all the things that they own into like a metaverse which is gonna be like all it's basically be like ready player one no yes <laughs> i don't want that <laughs> yeah as if that movie and book isn't bad enough yeah for real here here you go everything's gonna be an interconnected universe we're gonna completely connect away from disconnect from reality Oh, yeah, I did. I actually <laughs> talked to Caleb about this when I went and saw yeah, him. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, that is scary stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. 
So, uh, I mean, if one company that everybody trusts is going to do it, I mean, it's Facebook, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a company that totally any... shouldn't be trusted. <laughs> Anyways, add the Facebook page. <laughs> We're on there, too. Um, uh, yeah, if, if you like what you hear, you like uh, the show, then, then then recommend it to a friend or, or you know, retweet one of our – or retweet. Uh, share one of our Instagram posts. Or, uh, we, we probably need to make a Twitter, but uh, – I I think Twitter's so hard to use. I yeah, I'm confused um, by Twitter. <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, we we'd love to hear from you guys. You know, if you, if you like what you hear, then 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 share it, or you know, message us or whatever. We are open to doing uh, episodes that you guys want to hear. Um, Just so, ask Kevin. Yeah, he yeah. asked. We did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah or, or or Andy, we did the uh, we did the Shutter episode because you wanted to hear that and yeah, people. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're we're, we're open to suggestions. Um, thank you for thank you to Stefan Mize for doing our, our artwork, the uh, logo. Uh, check him out on Instagram or Crawling Panther Tattoo Parlor in Ocala, Florida. Awesome guy. Uh, Blaze for editing and being a great co-host. And uh, happy anniversary to him. Happy anniversary to you. And uh, I think that about wraps it up. We don't know exactly what we're going to do next week, but it will be something that has to do with the holidays. Yep. So until then, anything you need to add? No. No? All right. (laughs) Now. (laughs) Until then, remember every day is Halloween, even during Christmas, so please act accordingly. See you later. Bye.